of Space and Time by Rav Chanoch Waxman. Like much of Sefer Vayikra, Parashat Amor seems to be about priests, sanctity, sacrifices, defilement, and the like. The parasha opens with a section devoted to the personal sanctity of priests and continues by listing the physical deformities that disqualify priests from certain sanctuary services. This is followed by a discussion of the laws for consuming sanctified food and a detailing of the physical deformities that disqualify an animal from being brought as a sacrifice. However, about midway into Parashat Amor, the Torah switches gears and the topic of discussion undergoes a wrenching shift. And the Lord spoke to Moshe, saying, Speak to the children of Israel and say to them, These are my festivals, Mo'adai, which ye shall proclaim as holy occasions. This verse serves to introduce the Parashat HaMo'adim, the Torah's most comprehensive discussion of the various holidays. After a brief mention of Shabbat, the Torah quickly shifts to Pesach and the other holidays, moving along in chronological order. The working through of the holidays takes up quite a bit of space, and comprises not only the most comprehensive, but also the lengthiest holiday parasha found in the Torah. This, of course, raises an obvious question. To paraphrase the classic rabbinic formulation of conjunction questions, what are the holidays doing next to priests' sanctity and deformity? In other words, what is the rationale for the Torah's placing the parashat ha'moadim here in the middle of Emor? Alternatively, we can phrase the problem in broader terms. Most mentions of the festivals in the Torah occur in the context of legal narratives that describe the contents of the covenant between God and Israel. The holidays are bound up with the historical relationship between God and Israel. While this may be the topic, or at least a central theme in the books of Shemot, the Midbar, and Dvarim, this is not really the subject matter of Sefer Vayikra. If so, what are the holidays doing in Sefer Vayikra? Both Ibn Ezra and Ramban relate to the problem of the placement of Parashat Ma'adim. On their account, the key to unraveling the mystery lies in a verse found towards the end of the section. As part of a preliminary summary, the Torah states the following, These are the set times, Mo'adei, of the Lord, which you shall celebrate as sacred occasions, bringing offerings by fire to the Lord, burnt offerings, meal offerings, sacrifices, libations, on each day what is proper to it. Apparently, what is unique about the holidays is that they are a time of Isheh Lahashem, offerings by fire to God. In fact, a quick glance through the entire segment should be enough to make us realize that the phrase, and you shall make an offering by fire, or a slight variation thereof, is mentioned in the context of every single holiday. If so, it is the concept of offerings that constitutes the explanation for the location of the holiday cycle here. As mentioned earlier, Parashat Emor opens with various laws related to priests, sanctity, and sacrifices. As part of an ABAB, Sanctity, Deformity, Sanctity, Deformity, ordering of the four sections listed above, the Torah places the laws of physical deformity that disqualify animals from sacrifice and some associated laws of sacrifice as the fourth section in the parasha. According to Ibn Ezra and Ramban, this mention of sacrifices provides a natural opportunity for the transition to the holiday cycle, designated times of sacrifice to God. Looking at Parashat HaMu'adim as a story of sacrifices not only explains the particular placement of the segment at this juncture in Emor, but also the more general issue of the connection to Sefer Vayikra. After all, while Vayikra might not be about covenant and history, it is surely about sacrifices and sanctuary procedures. Nevertheless, Ibn Ezra and Ramban's theory possesses some glaring weaknesses. First, the story of the holiday festival cycle seems to open with the Shabbat, a segment which contains no reference to offerings by fire. 
It seems strange that the opening segment of the fixed time cycle omits the literary and thematic marker. To avoid this problem, Ramban, in a bit of fancy exegetical footwork, claims that Shabbat is not a moed, a holiday or fixed time. While this may seem logically correct, it runs counter to the simple flow of the text, which places Shabbat immediately after the declaration of, these are my fixed times. Moreover, if the narrative of the holiday cycle is primarily about sacrifices, we would expect to find that throughout the narrative, the text details the particular sacrifices required on each holiday. But while this is the case regarding the third moed mentioned in the cycle, the continuum beginning with the waving of the first cutting and ending with the day of the new grain offering, mincha chadasha, it is not at all the case with regard to the other festivals. The Torah neglects to mention the specific sacrifices mandated by each occasion. A quick glance at chapters 28 and 29 of the Midbar should strengthen this last point. Chapter 28 opens, And the Lord spoke to Moshe, saying, Command the children of Israel and say to them, My offering, the provision of my sacrifices made by fire, for a sweet savor to me, you shall observe to offer me in their due season, the Mado. From here, the Torah goes on to enumerate the daily sacrifices, the Shabbat sacrifices, the first of the month sacrifices, and the sacrifices of each holiday of the festival cycle. In other words, the parasha of the offerings of the festivals is located not in Sefer Vayikra, but in Sefer Bimidbar. Bimidbar 28-29, and not Vayikra 23, is about offerings. Before returning to the problem of location, let us take a look at another difficulty raised by the holiday cycle of Sefer Vayikra. As mentioned previously, chapter 23 of Vayikra constitutes but one of many references to the holidays found in the Torah. Interestingly enough, many of these references occur in the context of what might be termed loyalty narratives and focus heavily on the imperative of pilgrimage. For example, chapter 23 of Shemot mentions the holidays immediately after the prohibition of mentioning the name of foreign gods. As part and parcel of loyalty to the Lord, God demands that three times a year you shall hold a festival for me. God demands that all shall appear before their master, the Lord, and that none shall appear empty-handed. Similarly, chapter 34 of Shemot mentions the festivals immediately after the prohibition of molten gods, the penultimate verse in an extended discourse on the temptations of idol worship. Once again, the focus is on the mandate of seeing the face of the Lord. Finally, in chapter 16 of Dvarim, the final mention of the festivals, the Torah refers to the place that God shall choose to rest his name six times, and reiterates both the requirement of pilgrimage and the prohibition of arriving empty-handed. Remembering the exodus from Egypt and the Israelites' consequent obligation to God, in other words, loyalty, constitutes a recurring theme throughout the parasha. Given the above, we would expect parashat Moadim, the lengthiest and most comprehensive treatment of the holiday cycle in the Torah, to highlight loyalty, pilgrimage, and the like. Yet rather strikingly, the segment never mentions the obligation of journeying to the sanctuary or the prohibition against seeing God empty-handed. Apparently, just as the holidays of Parashat HaMu'adim are not really about the laws of sacrifices, so too they are not about the requirement of pilgrimage and of meeting God at the holy place. But if so, what constitutes the character and inner essence of the festivals in Sefer Vayikra? If the holidays in Parashat HaMu'adim are not primarily about sacrifices or loyalty to God and pilgrimage to the holy place, what are they about? Let us return to our point of departure. As cited previously, the Torah introduces the holiday cycle of Sefer Vayikra with the following verses. And the Lord spoke to Moshe, saying, Speak to the children of Israel and say to them, These are my festivals, which you shall proclaim as holy occasions, Mikra'e Kodesh. Both the term Moed, here translated as festival, 
and the term Kodesh, meaning holy or sanctified, are familiar to us from Sefer Shmot and Sefer Vayikra until this point. In fact, these two terms are often linked together in the context of the Mishkan. For example, in describing the regime of daily sacrifices on the sanctification of the Mishkan, chapter 29 of Shmot states, This shall be a regular burnt offering throughout the generations, at the entrance of the tent of meeting, Moed, before the Lord. For there I will meet, Ivaed, with you, and there I will speak with you. And there I will meet, Vinoadti, with the Israelites, and it shall be sanctified, Vinikdash, by my glory. I will sanctify, Vikidashti, the tent of meeting, Moed. I will dwell, Vishachanti, among the children of Israel, and I will be their God. The complex of concepts can be structured as follows. God's presence dwells in the Mishkan and thereby conveys holiness upon it. Moreover, the Mishkan constitutes a vehicle for meeting with God, for engaging in a religious relationship with God. In other words, holiness, in this case the holy place, comprises an opportunity for meeting with God. This brings us back to Sefer Vayikra and the festivals. The term Moed, translated above as festival, holiday, or fixed time, is based upon the same stem, Vav Ayin Dalid, as the term for meeting. In other words, an encounter with holiness, a meeting with God, takes place not just in the fixed space of the tent of meeting, but also in the fixed time of the holidays. The holidays are Mikra'e Kodesh, proclaimed as sacred. Just as Israel meets with God in the space of the sanctuary, so too they meet with him in time, in the holiness of the holidays. God is present not just in space, but also in time. This overlap between meeting and time is evident in one of the first occurrences of the term in the Bible. In chastising Sarah and Abraham for Sarah's laughter upon hearing the news of her bearing a child, God states that nothing is too hard for God, and reiterates that, at the appointed time, la moed, I will return to you in this season, and Sarah shall have a son. God is present not just in space, but also in time. Understanding the sanctity of time, the meeting with God in the dimension of time, as the primary theme and innovation of the holiday cycle of chapter 23, should help resolve the difficulties raised earlier. We should no longer need to wonder about the omission from the parasha of the imperative of pilgrimage. After all, the holiness of place and the centrality of the sanctuary are not the focus. Likewise, the placement of the holiday cycle in the middle of Parashat Emor should cease to trouble us. The fourth segment of Emor, the laws of disqualified sacrifices, ends with a flourish. And you shall keep my commandments and do them. I am the Lord. Nor shall you profane my holy name, and I will be sanctified among the children of Israel. I am the Lord who makes you holy, who brought you out of the land of Egypt to be your God. I am the Lord. It is precisely after this short discourse on the God-Holiness-Israel relationship that the Torah places the holiday cycle, which is another version of the God-Holiness-Israel relationship. Finally, we need no longer wonder about the placement of Parashat HaMu'adim in Sefer Vayikra. After all, although Vayikra is about priests' sacrifices and the sanctuary, it is primarily about meeting with God. Whether the discourse is technically about sacrifices, the rules for sanctified objects, defilement, or the conditions for approaching the sanctuary, on the fundamental plane, Vayikra is about holiness. It is about the conditions and details of the encounter with God. As such, Parashat HaMu'adim, the meeting with God in time, fits right in.